0: Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. We are energetic beings driven by emotion. So if your surroundings depress you, it's critical that you do whatever you can to brighten things up. Slap on a fresh coat of paint, clean your windows, hang up pictures from magazines of places you'd love to live in or visit and look at them all the time. Get some plants, tidy up your clutter, throw a nice bedspread over your ratty couch, and if you've got those sheets thumbtacked over the windows, please get some curtains. Just a little bit of... Uh A little bit of knowledge for you on this Thursday afternoon. Greetings and salutations, friends. Happy Thursday. We are live from the Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction 2019 edition is upon us. The doors will be opening in just a few minutes, I believe. And then all the bidding will be happening at 5 o'clock here at the Boyce Theatre on Stampede Park. Looking forward to uh, chatting with a few of the drivers who are going to be putting their rigs up for auction today. Also going to have a nice conversation with the first First Nations Princess here at the Calgary Stampede. A. Stokami Smith will join us after 5 o'clock to talk through that. Uh, We're going to kick things off talking about this auction. Give a little bit of your background on it. Talk a little bit about the numbers and that kind of thing. Uh, With Keenan Vine, the manager of Western Events here at the Calgary Stampede. We'll also talk a little jobs been a focal point of this election campaign and uh, given that we are here on Stampede Grounds I didn't want to make it an entire show based off of uh, of today's events but I did want to talk a little bit about the, stan- uh, the, the election campaign as it stands right now. We all know jobs front and center for a lot of people uh, during the election campaign and the question becomes in my mind what do we mean by that? It's one thing to just say, hey, we need to get more jobs. But are we talking tech jobs? Are we talking energy jobs? Are we talking food services jobs? What are we talking about there? Trevor Toom's going to join us after four o'clock to dive into that. I also want to quiz him a little bit on today's announcement by Jason Kenney surrounding a referendum on equalization. Is this something that is even remotely possible? I want to get his take on it. He's, of course, at the University of Calgary, a good economist, knows knows his numbers, and so we're going to talk to Trevor after 4 o'clock on that. We've got a few, like I said, a few drivers that we're going to talk to as well through the course of the show today. And by the end of the show as well, we're hoping, we're trying to track down someone uh, from an organization that's trying to show off what it's like to mess up in the world of business and try to make it okay. It's interesting talking to kids nowadays and the we we had this conversation a couple of days ago about perfection and how we seem to sometimes not stutter but we've we seem we have difficulties with the idea of failure but we should be able to accept the failure own it move on from it so we're gonna try to uh, get in touch with uh, with some of the organizers from an event being held this evening surrounding that whole idea and of course a whole lot more from here at the 2019 Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction, coming up in just a minute here, Keenan Vine to talk more about the past, the present, maybe even a little bit about the future. All right, let's get into it. The theme of the day, of course, is the 2019 Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction. Learn more a little bit about today and the importance of today. Keenan Vine, manager Western Events here at Calgary Stampede. Uh, Keenan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on give us a little bit of a history lesson here on the Canvas Auction. When did it first start, and from there talk about the expansion and how things have have really, uh, especially over the last decade or so, really taken off.
1: Oh, the Canvas Auction has been a staple in the community for um, years and years now, and essentially, you know, the Canvas Auction stemmed from other other organizations that were doing this type of thing, and, and really it's a great way to get the community interested and and get them on board with what otherwise might be you know a difficult way to enter into the realm of these community events through sponsorship or whichever else and and it created this whole aspect that is now growing and and in fact as you saw last year our our numbers grew grew last year so it's been it's been great the last few years, and we're very optimistic about this evening.
0: Absolutely, it's funny. Everybody talks about it being the, the barometer of the, the business uh, confidence here in the city, and but it's also a barometer, I think, of the confidence both of the business, but also of the driver as well. Talk about the impact that a night like tonight have on the drivers who are looking to take home a little bit of cash. Here.
1: Oh, this is this is a big impact for the drivers. Of course, the drivers uh, and their family of course their operations getting up and down the road. It, it is very expensive sport and this, this auction here will be uh, a huge impact and, and what we believe is is a great support for the organizations and for the drivers themselves and for the sport of chuck wagon racing. So it's an important night for the Chuck wagon drivers.
0: I know in talking to the drivers over the years, is one of the things is all you need is that one little bump sometimes, right? You just need that little extra bit to get you over the hump from being a middle of the pack driver to being among the elite we and you just need that one big race, that one big event, that one... And this is this is on you're getting on the way towards July.
1: Yeah, for sure. This is definitely the kickoff for, for the drivers. Obviously, this is the start of their stampede season and, you know, all the things that go with it. And tonight will be a telltale sign for some of the drivers as far as what they're going to be able to do and the horses they're going to be able to buy and making them successful for the season and for the stampede itself. The Stampede prize money and like you said, being able to have that one race or this one event, the Stampede prize money here is up over 1.4 million dollars in the chuck wagons, and that's huge for some of these drivers or all of these drivers, I should say. And and to be able to compete at the Stampede and at that level, these guys are the best of the best. So really, we're excited. There's some new drivers coming on board this year. We got some rookies, and uh, you know, for them, this is going to be tonight's an exciting night. And and being in able to compete at the Stampede is exciting for them, but more importantly, I think it's very exciting for the Stampede and the sport of chuckwagon wagon racing to see these great rookies coming in here.
0: Absolutely, and, and I wanted to get into that next, which was, you've got a wide range. I was looking through the uh, bios of all the drivers and I went, I recognize some of these names, the Sutherlands, the Millers, you know, the Knights, uh, the Mitswings. I mean, these guys are have been around for a while, but you've also got a few names in there that are really new. Talk about the, the rookie guys in particular.
1: Yeah, we have Chris Flanagan is one a new name. Of mm-hmm. course, Flanagan is not actually a new name to Chuck Wagon Racing, but we also have a Danny yeah. Ringette. So, you know, that's that's a new name in the terms when you're saying Benz Miller and when you're, you're you're talking about some of these other names, Sutherlands. So these guys are coming in, and they've been having some great seasons the last couple of years on their associations, and they're going to be hungry. And it's going to be exciting to watch them come in here and compete. And I think. You know whether you're a rookie or you're a veteran you come to the stampede and and it's game time so they're going to be excited to be here And, and again they're excited to be here you've seen a couple of them already tonight and they're they're ready to go.
0: I can only imagine, and for those wondering, is are, is the bidding going underway? No, we're actually doing some tests, making sure that all the audio and video and all that works, because uh, this is a well-oiled machine, and these guys, it's funny being over here for the last hour or so, watching how quick, and I mean, this is a well-oiled machine that we have here. When it comes to the veterans, and, and not necessarily the guys, the, the Mitzwings and the, the Millers and the Dorchesters, and guys that have been around for a while, you also have some names. Uh, the Fikes coming to mind. You know, they, they haven't, they've been in it forever, but they're just now starting to make names for themselves as drivers.
1: Yeah, for sure. And great, great family, great truck wagon family, obviously, but Jordy and, and Chad are, you know, salt of the earth guys and they run a great operation. Uh, but the industry and being able to acquire the right animals i mean it's a horse race so they got to have the right animals in front of the wagon to to do a good job of it and and those guys are are pros and they're taking a different approach at it but they're slowly building their teams and they're becoming more and more competitive every year you see the fikes climb the ranks and in their associations and here at stampede and I think, you know, those are guys that are going to be around the sport for a long time and carry on the family tradition for sure.
0: You bring up a, a segue extremely well into my next question, which was all about that family tradition thing. Because, again, part of the reason why a lot of these families, uh, the family names stick out with Dorchesters and the Sutherlands is this is a family lineage thing. The families take this seriously. This is their business. This is their livelihood. And they, and whether it's the animal health or whether it's just the... the uh the mechanics of the of the the machines you know everything needs to be going lickety split and that's why a night like tonight sets the stage for them to allow them to keep the keep the wheels rolling
1: definitely and yeah there are some family there are some families that have been at it a long time and and it's you know nights like tonight that is like I said are important to them and and nine times out of ten if not 10 times out of ten these guys are going to take whatever they earn and put it back into their animals. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've never seen people care for animals the way that these guys care for their animals in the truck wagon industry, in the rodeo industry, and that's of utmost importance to them, and like you said, there's a family lineage in the truck wagon drivers, but they also have a lot of family lineage in their horses, and so these guys know how to pick them and put them together, and they're, they're, when I say family, the animals are their family too, so they're coming in here with multi-gener generations of the same animal families and that that's great to see
0: absolutely when you talk about the long game you're talking about the fikes and some of these guys who are you know 5 years into it this is this is their attempt at you know they have to think long game they can't be you, you don't enter this game thinking you're going to be winning in a year or two it's it's that slow rebuild to get to the point where you are setting the stage down the
2: road
1: definitely and when you look at stampede alone we have over 400 horses in the barns so when you're looking at trying to put together that many animals for uh, a race for multiple races you know 12 15 meets in a year it it's it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of planning and pre planning and and it's much like running any business. You got to plan three or four or five years down the road to see what your you know what you have planned come to fruition, and you definitely don't get into the truck wagon industry thinking that it's going to be an overnight success.
0: Absolutely, the one thing that I always love when I whenever I go back to the barns is looking at some of the drivers and how they treat their horses in terms of almost like hockey line combinations, right? They know that this horse is doing real well today. This horse looks kind of sad and looks kind of moping around a bit. We're not going to make this one race, right? Like, these guys are so in tune with their horses. It's incredible to watch.
1: Yeah, and them and their families, you know, you got the drivers, but you also have this huge team behind them with their their families, and, and some of the drivers... Uh, wives are the daughters of multi generations of wagon drivers so they they know these horses like their their family and they they can tell which ones are are good to hitch together and which ones are feeling good and not feeling good and to, to watch these guys work and to watch their families work with the animals is, is it's incredible and and the knowledge that they have is is you know, I mean, to me, I'm envious of it, and it's it's amazing to see.
0: Talk a little bit about the family dynamic too, because these guys are not just married to their their families and have their their kids in tow all across the tour, but they've got their horses. They've got everybody is a part of this from one from one end to the other.
1: Yeah, and it's if you get back to the barns, or if you're able to get out to any of their other race meets throughout the year, it's really cool to see the dynamics of. It's a family sport Mm -hmm. and like I said not only is there multi-generations in the sport but they go out on tour and they spend the summer together, and they're a pretty tight-knit group. Whether they're racing against each other or you know getting up and down the road, they're actually out there helping each other. The, all the drivers are, are there, and they're actually one big. It's they on the day of competition. It's definitely a competition, but the drivers themselves are like a team. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but a
0: lot of the teams are teams within themselves, right? Because you've got the the family dynamics, and they've been all together for so long that it you know. You may be enemies on game day, but at the same time, in, on an off day, you guys are buddies in the back in the uh, in the back stables.
1: Definitely, and like I said, they they're they're helping each other get up and down the road, and they're you know letting each other borrow horses if one guy needs one. And and again, it comes back to knowing their animals and and knowing which ones are best with which. And incredible to see that maybe. Chad Fike knows that he has a horse in his stable that would be better with Jordy's horses, so they they make a trade, or maybe just give him the horse, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And the the family dynamics and the actual you know feel of the family is is awesome to see with these guys
0: keenan there is the other side of the equation here you have the drivers they're going to be the ones highlighted tonight but there are those that are going to be sitting in attendance looking to get their names their brands on the sides of these rigs talk about how important it is for them to be involved in this
1: Well, they're the other half of the equation, and and for us, it's a very important aspect being able to match up these drivers with the advertisers. And, And some are longtime advertisers of certain drivers, and some will be new tonight looking to make a new relationship and a new partnership with the drivers in the Calgary Stampede. So, you know... For them, it's important. I think the brand awareness, but really, there, there's more to it. the The relationships they build with the drivers, like we talked about, mm-hmm. being able to see this dynamic back there in the barns and getting that actual, um, you know, really exclusive experience with these drivers and their animals is is pretty cool for the advertisers. But at the end of the day, that exclusivity of being able to be back there in the barns and and that's a big part of tonight is they're not only buying advertising on the side of the wagon or supporting a foundation or a charity they're they're getting an experience so them and their guests every night for 10 nights Mm -hmm. get to go back in the barns and host their you know maybe their clients or their friends or whoever they might be with that night and they get that personal interaction with these drivers and their animals
0: and that's what it's all about i mean being doing the whole farm thing is you go back to community right you go back to uh being being a part of something that is that tight-knit and that special and uh, whether it's a like you said some of those the old standbys who've been doing this for years with the same driver or it's somebody new who's trying to make a big play and try to get back into the game
1: definitely and you know off the top of my head I think about a a Simon's department store a great family-owned Canadian company and they came in a couple years ago and were able to um, purchase Chad Fike, mm-hmm. and they've started a great relationship with Chad and I know for a fact they've been out to his farm and, and we have those kind of stories all over the place with these advertisers whether they're new or they've been around for a long time and, and like I said that's that's a big part of the equation for them is actually that experience and being able to get to know these drivers mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, so last year uh, just doing a little bit of research $3.24 million raised the year before $2.42 million uh, the record back in 2012 million. What will tonight bring? Time will only tell. What's your guess?
1: Well... I'm optimistic for tonight I, I truly believe if you if you took that over the five-year average obviously in 2012 was our centennial year mm-hmm. and, and garnered a lot of interest and and that was a great auction for us but last year was a great auction yeah. for us and and like I said we've got some new advertisers coming on and the the community support for this and for the stampede and and the wagon drivers has has been really just uh, exceptional over the last Few years and and I mean essentially always has been but mm. I think I think that with some of these groups that are coming tonight uh, you know it's going to be a great auction.
0: Looking forward to seeing how jam packed the boys theater becomes. Keenan, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here. Thank you. You're listening to Calgary today on 770 CHQR. More from the 2019 edition of the Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction next. It is widely thought of as the barometer for the city's economy. The 2019 edition of the Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction is just under an hour away from getting underway. We are live at the Boys Theatre on Stampede Park as we await the start of that. And we want to get with the news of the day here. And as we talk about the economy and what tonight might factor in, there was a conversation earlier today entitled Alberta's Fork in the Road, the Impact of Potential Outcomes of the Provincial Election, uh, involving this next guest, our gentleman, uh, by the name of Dr. Trevor Toom at the University of Calgary. Uh, Trevor, thanks for joining us as always. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Talk a little bit about what your message was at today's event.
3: Right. So it was really a moment to reflect on the current situation in Alberta, but also look beyond just the current campaign about what the challenges are for the province over the next couple of years and even beyond that into the next decade. And we're, of course, coming out of a pretty big, long, deep recession, as we all know, and as we're all experiencing. But different different Albertans are experiencing that recovery in different ways. So some parts of the province are growing more strongly than others, for example. Uh, Different age groups are recovering more robustly than others. And there's a clear split uh, between men and women in Alberta in terms of how strong the recovery has been. Uh, Women now have a slightly higher overall employment rate than they did prior to the recession, for example. So I think As we reflect on the state of the economy, um, certainly during this campaign, it's important to realize that it's not a single monolithic entity. The economy is strong for some, weak for others. It's not uniformly good or bad.
0: And that's one of the points that I've been trying to make over the course of the last number of weeks as we got ready for the writ which ended up dropping on Tuesday, is the fact that I think we all need to kind of understand that it has been different for everybody and accept the fact that, hey, it's been really bad for some people, and it's been really good for some people. And when we talk about the job side of things, what has been good? And then we'll get to the bad in a second, but what has been good so far?
3: Right. So I think... Um we should dial the clock back a little bit to the end of 2016. That's really when the recession ended. And by that, I mean that's when things stopped getting worse and the job losses kind of ended and the recovery began pretty robustly in 2017. So through 2017 and the early part of 2018, we saw that the employment rate for prime-age individuals in Alberta, those between 25 and fifty-four, they really recovered almost completely it has turned around a little bit over the last couple of months unfortunately but the one area of the labor market where it hasn't been so strong is for young workers in particular there was a moment back in october when workers under the age of 25 were accounting almost entirely for the slack in alberta's labor market mm-hmm. talk a little about the the negative side effects Sure. So, so for, the, for the young people in particular, the negative effect here is that it's really difficult to adjust into other activities. Younger workers, in particular younger male workers who are displaced from labor jobs in construction and oil and gas, for example, there's quite a number uh, of these individuals that are having a hard time adjusting. And so the length of time spent unemployed has been increasing quite a bit and averages now about 22 uh, weeks. And there's quite a number of Albertans who are unemployed for uh, longer than that. So the longer you're unemployed, the harder it is to find a job, the more your skills depreciate and so on. So I I think there's a real challenge here for government policy to try and address the difficulty that younger workers are having adjusting into other activities. That might mean skills training programs, expanding apprenticeship programs, things like that,
0: for example. I was going to ask about that side of it, too, is when you're looking at the the overall uh, f- idea of, hey, we're going to bring jobs back. And I've always wondered, what does that mean? You know, is there uh, and when you look at each party's policies here, are we talking just bringing back oil and gas jobs? Or are we trying to expand our horizons there? What is every party trying to focus in on when it comes to bringing more jobs, quote unquote?
3: Yeah, great question. So, so the job losses in oil and gas, they, they weren't so much on the production side. So we are actually producing more oil now than we were prior to the recession. The job losses were really on what are called support activities. So these are the jobs associated with investment in new facilities exploration drilling and so on and it's very difficult i think for the government to make policy changes that would really turn the dial on on those investment flows i mean there's certainly things that governments can do uh that affects investment flows no doubt about it but investment won't really be returning to 2014 levels without prices returning uh to those pre-recession levels and it's not It doesn't seem at all realistic to anticipate that will happen in the near term. And even if it does, oil companies are now quite a bit more efficient in terms of how many workers they need to produce the barrels that they do. So even if investment flows uh, increase in the coming years, uh, I don't think we should anticipate that the displaced workers will all then be taken up by oil and gas Uh, And so we need to think, again, seriously about how to help facilitate readjustment into other activities.
0: And that's a point that I made to uh, one of my Facebook friends, actually, in the in the last few days here is he's all bring on the change. And I said, do you think that you're going to get your job back the minute that a new government takes place? Because if they don't. Uh, then what are you going to be? Oh, it's Jason Kenny's fault, or it's another leader's fault, or will you say, well, maybe it wasn't Rachel in, in the end? So I'm curious from that standpoint, is, is thinking that your job is going to come back based off the government kind of a fallacy?
3: Well, uh, most of the time, government policy changes, for good or bad, affect economic growth. At the margin, and uh, so they, they don't really account for the large swings in economic activity. Certainly in Alberta, that we've seen that the recession that we just went through shrunk overall economic activity, nominal GDP, about total income, shrunk it nearly 20% between 2014 and 2016. That is, that is overwhelmingly due to the drop in the price of oil. And there's not some magic wand that government has at its disposal where it can double the rate of GDP growth uh, in the near term. So I think we should um, yeah, lower our expectations about what we think policy can do. But don't get me wrong, policy does matter uh, yeah. but we shouldn't overstate how much government can affect economic activity in the short run
0: i agree on that front trevor Tomb from the university of calgary joining us here on calgary today thanks so much for the time as always trevor do appreciate Thank
3: you very it very much
0: This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. We are live at the Boys Theatre on Stampede Park for the 2019 edition of the Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction. One of the guys who is very familiar with this uh, very event, Kurt Benzmiller, is going to join us next here on Calgary Today. It's a big night for a lot of drivers of the uh, chuck wagon variety here as the uh, 2019 edition of the Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction going this evening, starting at five o'clock. Joining us now, the guy who set the pace last year, Kurt Benzmiller. Uh, Kurt, thanks for joining us this afternoon. No,
4: thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: What does a night like this mean for a team such as yours?
4: Uh, this is kind of how we set our budgets for the whole entire year, you know, until we get back here next year. So this is uh, where we get all our feed and, and uh, upgrade all the equipment and new horses in the fall. So
0: talk a little bit about your partnership with versatile energy services last year and are they regular for you guys or talk a little bit about that that whole dynamic and that relationship
4: uh, they started sponsoring me a couple of years ago just on the tour and and they uh, come up and stepped up pretty big last year and took on Calgary and we had a, we've had a great relationship since and you know uh, we we hang out not just the 10 days of Calgary or during the summer of racing we we hang out you know quite a bit over the winter months and we go on a couple of vacations together so it's it's uh, it's not just about the sponsorship it's about the relationship you know on a Personal level as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Talk, uh, we were talking just before we went on air and I wanted to ask, I, It's the, the the whole farm kid, rural kid thing comes out to me. It's like, so how's winter been? Uh, but at the same time, how's winter been? How's the, you, you guys get, it's not that it's off season because you're still getting horses ready and it, it's, it's a year round venture for you guys.
4: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's much more than just the 10 days here at Calgary. We uh, look after the horses for 365 days a year. So we, uh, no matter what, we're, we're out there with them and, and the new ones that come on. I like to try to get a start on them and start driving and breaking some of them so that they're a little easier in the spring to, to, you know, we can just concentrate on the actual training part or getting them in shape. How
0: integral is that winter in terms of making sure that everybody is ready to go? Because you don't want to be trying to break, break some of the horses in, for example, too late in the season because they're not going to be ready for when you actually need them the most.
4: Yeah, no, it, it's a it's a big deal for us over the winter, That I mean, especially with my program, that's the way we do it, and not that, that way that the spring, by the time the spring happens, you know, most of them are almost like second-year horses because they got lots of training in over the winter. Um, some winters we get more than other winters just depending on the, the weather itself, but, I mean, the winter months we still do quite a bit of work with them.
0: So I'm curious, when you get those cold snaps like we've had in this province over the last little while, how does that affect your ability to train?
4: Ah, well, we slow right down. We we don't hardly train. If it's icy out or if it's really cold, we won't move them too much just because it, you know, they they still get warm like anybody and then they have to find a way to keep themselves warm. So we've got almost 52 head of thoroughbreds out there at the house right now. So for us to blanket and barn them all, we don't have quite enough room for them, but you know, we can put 38 in. But so in the wintertime, if, if it's really bad, we, we just leave them alone and make sure they got lots of feed and they're all happy and healthy. I
0: love going back into people's past and learning about their their treks through life to get to the point that they're at now. And take us back to the very beginning. I mean, the, the Benz Miller family is is one that has been well known across chuckwagon circles. But were you basically on a saddle the minute you came out of the womb, or how did that all all come about?
4: Uh, I I don't know. We, I mean, we've every picture you'd see of us when we were young, we were probably either on a saddle or on a team anyway with dad and or my grandpa. And so we've we've just kind of been born into it and. Both my grandpas did it. And my dad did it. So it's definitely bred into us, and it's just something that we've always known. You know what we wanted to do, and it's something that I chose I wanted to do a long time ago.
0: I was gonna ask: Is how long ago did that you go? You know what? This is my this is my journey. I know this is what we're gonna be doing.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, it was something I was very young. I mean, when you can pack all your your family with you and do a job that you love with the people you love, you know, you're, you're very fortunate. And then
0: you get to you you grew up in that standpoint, and so having your own family and having that ability to uh, tour across the province and to tour across Western Canada. What's that like?
4: Oh, it's exciting. You know, we we basically have two families. The one that stays in the wintertime or, you know, around Dewberry and and the, or the ones with hockey and and we have the ones that we go with all summer long so I mean it's 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 great it's great for the kids you know it, it was great growing up in it just because you you had the two separate families so you never got too uh, too used to one of them for too long I, I guess and but no it's it's always been exciting for us when you look back on your time any
0: in in Chuck wagons any moment in particular that strikes you as being your favorite memory or that moment where it's like I've made it.
4: Uh, I don't know. it. I mean, I've, I've won shows before I actually won Calgary. And I think the first year I made the dash, your buddy had, uh, had already retired, like my dad. And we were just warming up the horses to get ready. And I said, holy man, I said, this is exciting. Like, I'm, I'm really jacked up for this. And he said, finally, you caught the bug that you need to be competitive, you know. And that's six years ago or seven years ago when I did that. And we've had a really run, you know, a really good stretch since then. So I think that's probably one of the more... Most exciting or the most memorable, where it meant, "Holy man, you know, now you know what it takes or feels or what you want to feel like at this point."
0: On on the flip side of that, do you ever take a step back after a race, before a race? Do you make that moment to kind of just soak all the energy up and and kind of bring it all home in a sense? I, I know I do. I do that on occasion. Is just go, man, I get to do this for a living.
4: Oh yeah, I mean that—that's basically every day, especially this time of the year, because now you know the winter's starting to recede and we're we're starting to get ready for spring. So it it means that you know the most exciting time of our of our year is right now. So you know it, it just means it's a little more real and it's actually going to happen right away. Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic, Kurt it's always a pleasure. Good luck tonight and best of luck during the season as well.
4: Thanks, I appreciate it.
0: You're listening to Calgary today on 770 CHQR. He might be the busiest man in show business right now. Dana Pierce is the president and chairman of the Calgary Stampede Board, and he joins us now. He was just on stage. I was a little worried. I I did see you checking or testing out the microphone and testing out your your speech, making sure you had all your I's dotted and T's crossed. And I was like, I don't know if he's going to make it up here in time. But you did it in good time. You were able to get your breath about you. How are you today, sir?
5: Well, fantastic. Uh, You know, it's an exciting time to be here. and, And for that reason alone, You have a little bit extra energy. (laughs) Absolutely, you've, uh, like I said, busiest guy. You were saying before we hit the
0: microphone is that you? It's been kind of like drinking out of a fire hose. I mean, this is your your first stampede uh, canvas auction. This is your first go go of things. How has
5: the transition been? First and foremost. Well, you know, we have a great uh, uh, plan here in terms of the fact that I've been the the uh, second vice chair for two years, the first vice chair for two years, and now president and chairman. And the fact is is that is, is that you know you learn over the course of those four years and, and uh, hopefully when you get to this seat it's all old hat and, and fortunately
0: it's worked out pretty well absolutely uh, we let's talk a little bit about tonight's event i do want to touch on uh the BMO center expansion as well because you guys are a big part of that obviously but when it comes to tonight how important is it in your organization's eyes to see this uh go off without a hitch that so you see the the community get behind you going into 2019
5: and beyond well i'm glad you said that because i mean this is about the community supporting us and, and this is about the, 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 the sponsors and the advertisers here supporting us but most importantly this is about the fundraising and the, and the, the, the money going to, to the, the drivers, their families the their families, the teams uh, 80% the of those funds uh, drive directly to them and really support them throughout the season we're in chuck wagon racing for the long haul so the other 20% really goes to the sustainability of the sport and really speaks to making sure that uh, we're improving safety we're doing all those things necessary in order that the survival of the sport continues do you guys
0: have any expectations when you go into an event like this do you have a you know kind of the the dartboard going okay this is where we want things to be dollar signs at the end of the day or are you just hoping that you guys get that solid amount for each driver to be able
5: to do what they've got to do? Well, that's exactly what's most important that the, the drivers get what they need. The reality is, no, we don't. Uh, uh, I'm thankful every year, and I've watched it year after year. The community comes out and supports, the advertisers come out and support, and, and it's fantastic. It speaks, speaks volumes to uh, what Chuck Wagon Racing means to this community and, and to uh, the Calgary Center. This area, this
0: parcel of land is going to be uh, uh, busy uh, over the next few years because of the BMO Center expansion, because of what you guys have already been putting into place with your own expansions. Talk about how integral that expansion is going to be to the overall viability of what is being presented As a community
5: hub. Yeah, so so that's the long-term vision, right there. You know, to build a a world-class year-round gathering place for our community. That's that's been the long-term vision, and to see not not just BMO come together for the Stampede and for the community and for the city of Calgary and what it means in terms of economic uh, diversification for the city, but. You know, we've had two other great announcements this week that are about um, this park being a park for the community. One was, of course, when we were named the host venue location for the Grey Cup. Uh, that's a wonderful thing. That's in, in uh, November when most people aren't thinking about us. Uh, and then the X Games. I mean, what a, what a wonderful thing to be one of those two host venue sites. So uh, we're really looking forward to the, the future. This, this, for me, is an unbelievably exciting time to be here. Absolutely. And way it's fascinating now ways this area
0: is sort of linked as being Stampede, Cowboys, that kind of thing. And so to, was that important in the in the grand scheme of things when you guys were thinking of that vision was to expand beyond the cowboy hat and the cow and the Wranglers was to go, you know, to Ray Cup, go to X Games and go, Hey, this is gonna be again that year round destination, regardless
5: of your background. Yeah. You know, our purpose will always be our purpose, to, to preserve and to promote Western heritage and values. So we'll never lose track of that, but what we are is we're one of many community organizations and we want to reflect the community. So the reality is we bring that in in lots of different ways and uh, in order to maintain your relevance for 107 years, you have to be willing to adapt and change and that's what a lot of this is about. When Final question for you, at the end of tonight, what do you gauge as success? What do you call a success for tonight? So a success tonight is a lot of happy people, a lot of people that are excited about uh, July coming and wanting to, to have the experience that uh, that these advertisers gain, and, uh, and that uh, we've We've done our part uh, to help these drivers uh, through their season and and keep their sport sustainable.
0: And, of course, uh, making sure that you're you're not run off your feet by the end of the night as well. So I'm going to let you get back to what you do best going around and talking to not only the drivers, but also all the supporters out here as well. Dana, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Calgary Stampede, President and Chairman of the Board. Dana Pierce joining us as this is the 2019 edition of the Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction. They are obviously, as you could probably hear, underway, starting the bidding, making sure that they are helping out the drivers and also making some new partnerships along the way as well. This is Calgary Today on 770 ZHQR We are back here live now at the Voice Theater. The 2019 edition of the Calgary Stampede Canvas Auction is upon us. We're going to change gears here at 542, almost 543. Uh, It's always one of those stories that is fun to talk about, but it's difficult because at the same time there's an F-bomb in the middle of it. F-Up Nights, it's an organization that kind of allows you to own your mess ups, own your failures and one of the people behind it, Amanda Khalil joining us now, Amanda, thanks so much for the time today.
2: Thank you very much for having us, we appreciate it.
0: What is tonight all about?
2: Tonight is all about us sharing in entrepreneurial failures, because without failure you can't succeed. There's no such thing as innovation without failure, there's no such thing as moving forward without failure. and if it's anything, it's a, it's all about learning about successful failures.
0: Tell me about your failures. Where did you go wrong in the world of
2: business? Okay, how long has this interview <laughs> 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 uh, You I and me both. As individuals, have a, an endless amount of failures for sure. Uh, I'd probably say about eight years ago, though, for an entrepreneurial failure that I experienced. I was tasked with an amazing opportunity to create a hair line for a distributor that I worked for at the time. And um, I got a, a girlfriend of mine to try my first sample and I was really excited over it. It ended up being uh, a glue-like substance that took her seven hours to wash out of her hair. <laughs> yep. um, and so we had to go back to the drawing board and, st- sorry, board and start all over again. And we did and we ended up having a very successful product and launching it to the market a few years later, but we did it, and it's still for for sale to this
0: day. It's one thing to learn uh, from your failure in business, but do you learn from yourself as a person in life uh, when you have a business failure like you guys did initially?
2: Very much so. As an individual, I I, I think... Every failure you, I think, you go through. It just offers more. It just, It reflects a lot on the, the what you can go through as an individual. You become more resilient to criticism. You become more resilient to and more welcoming of it. You become more welcoming of failures as they progress because you see the rewards that come from them as time progresses. You become a stronger individual for sure. And and
0: in one, yeah, and one of the things that I've always taken away from it is just the ability to grow a thick skin, be able to understand that, hey, you know what, if failure isn't necessarily an indictment on you as a character, it's just that it's an idea that went sideways, and it's time to move on and learn from it and figure out where the next way is to get up
2: and I completely agree. And not only that, I think it's going to be more about embracing your failures too. I think I think the the more or the sooner we get over or we start to realize that failure is actually a gift and I, I'm excited for tonight because some of the speakers that we have are, are for example the, the CEO and owner of Rockwood Homes. She's endured so much. She's rated in the last few years as the top entrepreneur across Canada, and she she her, herself will will tell you about how important failure is. Failure is a necessary step to take you to the next step in life, uh, to the next step of your career, and the next step of your company. And the sooner you you take the moment to learn and reflect on it, is and, and move past it and start implementing the lessons from it, it's the sooner you can become more successful.
0: Absolutely. Uh, for those who are just tuning in, where is this tonight's uh, event happening? What time does it start? And where can they find more information?
2: So it's at um, it's at Up Nights Calgary. Uh, uh, we have a website, and then our tickets were for sale on Eventbrite. Unfortunately, tonight is sold out. It's at six o'clock at the Commons. Um, but we have another amazing event coming up in the spring. So we're, we're aiming for June 2019. So we look forward to seeing everybody there and to celebrate our failures.
0: Absolutely. It's all about sharing and, and being able to understand and learn from each other. So I do appreciate the time, Amanda. Thanks so much for the time.
2: Thank you so much for having us. You have a wonderful day. We look forward to talking to you on our next event.
0: <laughs> I, can o- I can't wait. I love being able to talk about that resiliency aspect of things. So uh, great to show Perfect. some spotlight on that. Amanda, thank you again so much. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. He is the pride of Watson, Saskatchewan. Where is Watson, Saskatchewan, Chris Molly? It is about an hour and a half east of Saskatoon. Oh
6: wow, so you're 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 yeah. out in the heart of Saskatchewan. Yeah, right that's my
0: hometown and we moved out to Chauvin, Alberta. Oh, fantastic. Talk a little bit about uh, your upbringing. You've been uh, part of the tour now for how long?
6: This is uh, I started my first year it was 2011. Will be my 8th year on the tour. Um, Yeah, no, it's been good. My sixth year here at the Calgary
0: Stampede, and it's amazing. It gets better experience every time I come. Does this atmosphere at the Calgary Stampede uh, kind of make the hair on the back of your neck stand up because of just the sheer volume and the people and and the the hooting and hollering that's happening night after night?
6: Oh, yeah, there is no doubt. It just gets the stage set for the excitement. It's like I could go home right now and start training horses, and that's the excitement and the... Energy going, flowing at the Stampede. It's a huge. You've been, uh, you've already been across the stage. How much did you pull in? Uh, Eighty thousand from the Mavericks again, and you know that is uh, big. Shout out to them, and to be partnered up with them again. It's, uh, it can't be. I'm so happy. What does a night like tonight mean for you? Uh, it's uh, great. It's uh, means a lot too when you can maintain the same sponsorship with the same people, the same relationships, and uh, you get to meet the people and give them the experience of the barns. And yeah,
0: it's uh, words can't describe it. That's what we work for is to come here. And not only that, but the the dollar figure allows you guys to you got a little bit more than you did last year. So you, that gives you that opportunity to do just a little bit more with the money that you got.
6: Oh, absolutely. It's you can go out and buy some more horses or do do whatever to help improve your. Team and that's what we do. Is our main focus is we put all our money in from sponsorship to continuous improvement, so we can be better, so we can be the best one day and be standing on stage accepting that trophy.
0: In looking through your your bio and talking to different people, is your ascent up the ranks has been pretty quick, like eight years on, and you're now one of the forerunners. What does it mean to you to be thought of in that way, where you are rising up the ranks as quick as you have been?
6: Uh, good, it's, a, it's something I've been striving for like a guy goes out doesn't go out every day and trying to be last you want to be the best of the best but it's also there's a lot of pressure when you're you're at the top but the target's on your back but it's
0: uh you know, a person works hard, puts your mind to it, and you can achieve anything. I was going to ask, I asked a couple of other drivers earlier, how was the winter for you guys? I know it, it's It's tough to train when it's cold, but I'm curious how how you managed to battle the elements. Yeah, we, I was
6: actually pure luck that I got about uh, six new horses, and then I uh, got them drove just before that cold snap came in, and right. so February, we didn't do anything with the horses, just maintained them, take care of them, make sure they had lots of feed, water, and... And care so other than that we didn't do much but now this warm weather coming in it's uh, it's going to be really nice
0: I had a laugh looking at your bio as well and we were talking before we turned the mic on is uh, you've got a, a recipe from home that you really love don't you? <laughs> talk talk about these homemade pierogies, what makes them stand out above everything else? Well,
6: mom every time they come out to visit the shop and she brings her pierogies and her cucumber salad out and she just, uh, that's probably why I'm the size I am but you know what I love it and uh, she, yeah, uh, she just—you can't beat her for reason. <laughs>
0: Nothing salad. beats mama's home cooking. No, does that's it? exactly it. Oh, unreal. When you look ahead to 2019 and the season that you've got, what do you have in your eyesights? What do you think you can achieve this year?
6: I just—I uh, was fortunate enough to win the CBC High Point Champion last year, and you know I want to set my goals a little higher this year. I'd like to win a truck. Um, I want to do better in Calgary. I. Yeah, nothing more to be that guy standing on stage, at winning that hundred thousand dollar check at the end, and so, guys, that's my self, uh, you know, for success and. We hopefully we can achieve that and I think with our horsepower we have and the horses that, that we can do that and the team I have that goes with me. Chris I do appreciate the time thanks so much for joining us here uh,
0: today Well thank you, thanks for having me, it's an honour Chris Molle, Uh the pride of Watson, Saskatchewan, about an hour and a little bit to the east of Saskatoon if you're wondering, uh, yeah we're learning a little bit more about some of the drivers that are going to be taking part in this year's Calgary Stampede Chuckwagon Races yes the Rangeland Derby and the Canvas Auction happening, uh, already out at 1.4 million dollars not even halfway through yet so uh, things are going pretty well and as chris mentioned he even went for a little higher than what he did last year you're listening to calgary today on 770 chqr thank you so much for downloading today's podcast do me a huge favor and leave a rating and a comment and you can always hit me up on twitter as well just follow me at calgary today